thank you for listening to this message brought to you by Living Word Church. We trust that as you hear the Word of God preached, you'll be encouraged and equipped to love God and do His will. If you're looking for a church home, please feel free to visit our Sunday morning worship service at 10 a.m. or visit our website at www.livingwordchurch.cc. And now for our message. Very special. Yeah, Isa, Akiko, Christina, thank you. You know, it's amazing when you have a young lady from rural Indiana singing Spanish and Akiko from Japan speaking, singing English and Isa from Guatemala speaking, singing all of them. It's the, the languages of the world giving praise and honor to God. Isn't it good? It's good. Thank you for receiving that so well. I think you know the significance of the languages of the world, the people of the world, every tribe, every nation, every people group, exalting Jesus. It's pretty awesome. Let me, um, let me start this morning by saying we're going to, um, for the next three Sundays, we're going to just follow and obey what the Word of God has been teaching us these last weeks. As we've looked at 1 Thessalonians 5, it's talked about the way in which the church should operate, right? And so as we've looked at these verses that talk about how the gathered church, when the church comes together, what should be the texture of our meetings? What should be the content of our worship? And I love how it says here in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16, it says what? Rejoice always. Rejoice always. I ask you this morning, did you find any rejoicing yet today as we've gathered? Have you? Yeah? Some have been a little slow on the uptake when it comes to the rejoicing. But the scripture says, when you gather together as the people of God, this should be the texture of your gathering, of your worship. Rejoice always. Rejoice when you come together. Second thing it says is what? Pray without ceasing. Be in a state of just being conscious of God and seeking God and prayer. Prayer isn't just, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. That's a good prayer. It's appropriate prayer. If I should die before I wake, I pray the soul, Lord, my soul to take. That's terrifying. I prayed that my whole childhood. But there are moments of prayer which are very good and profound. And there are also atmospheres, attitudes of prayer. So when we're singing songs about the victory of God, when we're singing songs about Christ on the cross and him rising again, when we're gathered together with one heart, one voice, singing one song, that is an attitude, there is an atmosphere of prayer. That should be a place where our hearts are open to God saying, Lord, yes, have your way in my life. Have your way in my life. God, I need you. Lord, I cling to you. I love it when a song, and we had several moments this morning in song, where the song brings us, the lyrics bring us to a place of surrender. Lord, I'm yours. Wherever I go, every, every rise and every, I forget the lyric. If things are good or things are bad, everything for you, Jesus. Listen, those aren't just songful moments. Those are prayerful moments. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? Those are moments in our gathering when we say yes to you, Lord. My heart is yours. I surrender to you again. 
That is a prayerful moment. I get born again every time we sing together. Because I'm laying my heart afresh on the altar, saying, Lord, I'm yours. Pray without ceasing. And give thanks in all circumstances. We're going to illustrate this in a moment, but I want to finish my thought. For the next couple, three Sundays, we're going to be taking our time together to give testimony to God's faithfulness. Because God has been faithful, has he not? The scripture says, we'll get to this in a minute, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. There is a faithfulness in God which we need to testify to. We need to share that. And so today, towards the end of the message, and even right now as Michelle, Michelle, come. There she is. Welcome her as she comes front. Come on up here, Michelle. There you go. She'll get it for you. Um, We prayed for Michelle several weeks ago about um, a a trip she was taking, a ministry she was embarking on, and she's going to give testimony of this in a minute. But just to finish my thought, we're going to give space in these next three services for you to testify to God's faithfulness in your life. Has God been faithful to you? Have you seen his goodness day in and day out? Are there moments, is there a a red-hot testimony in your heart where you can say, you know what, God, you have been good. When I've been unfaithful, you've still been faithful. Good. So this morning, I've got some of that planned out, but the next coming weeks, I want you to either call me or email me or talk to someone that you know that might know me and say, hey, I've got a testimony of God's faithfulness, and we're going to testify over the next several weeks how good God is, and we're going to have a great time doing it. Amen? Michelle, will you start us off? Um, A couple weeks ago, I went to a camp with all foster kids. It was quite an experience. Never done anything like that, and I was nervous. Didn't know what to expect or to say when the situation arised. But um, there were a lot of fun, sweet memories, and at the same time, there were sad and heartbreaks. Um, The last two days of camp was the hardest, and coming back home was more. Uh, just all these emotions, didn't know how to deal with them, and you think of all these kids, they're your your campers. And so talking about prayer, uh, one thing about me is that I worry a lot sometimes. I kept thinking, how does my mother, how was she able to send me off to college to Indiana from California? And so coming back home, I realized I was not there to take care of the girls or be there to be sure they were safe. So I struggled with that, and I came to realize that I am, we have prayer. And I'm very thankful for prayer because I know God will answer my prayers and will keep them safe. I will never, I'll probably never see them again. But I know God knows my heart more than anything, and he loves children. And he will take care of them, and I will intercede for them, and, you know, he will answer my prayers. And that gives me peace in my heart. And, you know, I, everything was beautiful about yeah. camp. Amen. Amen. It's good. Will you, will you this in the pray for the kids. We're going to take a minute and um, we're going to pray for these kids. If any of you have ever intersected with the life of a child that's been put into the foster system and what it takes and the kind of just neglect or abuse or just trouble a child like that has had, you know how acute and how intense the week she spent ministering to a camp filled with foster kids. 
And so, obviously, it, it was a big emotional ride for you. It was a lot. And it, you give yourself so fully to those things because your heart's so big and you love that stuff so much. Um, so lead us in a prayer for some of those kids, and we'll join in, and let's pray for those kids she ministered to in camp. Dear Heavenly Father, I bring to you today, Lord, for all the foster kids and, and the kids who are at camp, and I know more than anything, you love your children, and you protect them, and you always keep them safe, Lord. There's things that we don't understand sometimes, but I know broken things, you use broken things, and you bless us, and we come to see how good you are, because you're a good father, and you don't. You're so faithful, God. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just stand with Michelle as she just carries her heart for these young kids. God, we, <clears throat> we recognize some of us have, maybe we've been through stuff, but we, we can't imagine what it would be like not having a home or a family. And so, God, we stand with her, Lord, and her trusting in you for these young people, and we pray that you would do mighty, incredible things, that for every brokenness they've experienced, they would see your love and faithfulness pursuing and overcoming and destroying and restoring and just bringing back, oh God, that which has been taken from them. Your word says that you place the lonely in families, and so we pray that for each of those kids. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, let us be families that you place people in. God, break our hearts for those who are lost, for those who need to be loved. And God, I pray that you would just continue to give us opportunity to reach out to those in those fringe, dangerous places. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well done. Thank you, Michelle. When I, um, when I asked Michelle to come up and give a follow-up testimony, she's terrified of coming up here. I don't know if you can sense that or not. They still say the number one fear that most humans have is standing in front of people and talking. <clears throat> it's okay. We're friends here. But she was going to do it. She says, I want to do it because after doing all that and being a part of that, I'm just so thankful to the Lord. And I want to express my gratitude to God for the chance I had to minister to these young people. <clears throat> and it reminded me of this verse about giving thanks in all circumstances. Giving thanks in all circumstances. Even, Lord, I'm thankful that I can serve and love and just play with and be around kids that have been through hard times. It's a, it's an emo, it takes an emotional toil on you because you just, your heart breaks for those situations and you can't fix them. But you can care and you can be there and you can be the love of Jesus. And so she said, I want to be, I want to give a testimony and say, I'm thankful for that. And it reminded me how critical gratitude is in our lives. You know, if you talk to a clinical psychologist, they'll say the number one, the number one um, way to prevent hopelessness is by gratitude. Those in the most devastating, difficult, horrible circumstances, they're best way out, their best way to stem off hopelessness and despair and all forms of depression is to give thanks. Begin giving thanks in all circumstances. As a matter of fact, and, and the scriptures support this, that in the worst and lowest moment, your most painful experience, your gratitude to God in those moments is the most powerful, personally transformative, and 
circumstantially transformative thing you can do. When you think it's your great moment to finally be justified to whine and complain and swear. It's your greatest moment to say, even now, Lord, I give thanks. It makes no human sense. But you're not just human. You're heavenly. You're not just flesh and blood, but you've been alive, made alive by the Spirit of God. So when Michelle says, I want to give thanks and come up here and tell God I'm thankful for that, I said, that's the example that we want to see. That in every circumstance, even the hardest things in life, we say, Lord, thank you, because we know you're faithful. And that's what I want to talk about today, and we've got three more people giving testimonies this morning to share about this. But let me bring you back to a verse. I'm going to read out of the ESV here, verse 23. It says this. Now may the God of peace himself, God himself, sanctify you completely. That means that God who began a work in you is going to complete it. God who saved you is going to sanctify, he's going to transform your life so it's no longer like worldly, selfish, living for other things. It comes to be completely like Jesus and say, I only do what the Father tells me to do and I only say the things the Father's saying. That God is going to sanctify and transform us completely. And your job, your only job, is to cooperate with God's work in your life. So it says, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And here in 24, he who calls you is faithful, and he will surely do it. Let's take a minute. I want to just highlight this idea. He who calls you. There is God. There is a God in heaven who made all things, who is totally self-sufficient. He doesn't need anything. We can add nothing to him. In ancient times, they used to believe we would sacrifice to the Lord because the Lord is hungry. So let's sacrifice a goat and burn it to him so he can eat. Let's pour out a drink offering. Why? Because the gods are thirsty. This was a mentality, not in Israel, but in the ancient Near East. That's why sacrifices were made. And it was this weird idea that somehow God needed us, and we kind of depend on him to help us and them to help us. But the Christian God, the God of the Bible, needs nothing. He himself is complete in himself. And yet it says that the one who is that way calls out to you. He calls you. The one who sustains all things, he knows your name. He pays attention to your life. And he calls out to you. And he says, come to me. I see you. Come to me. I hear you. Come to me. I'm calling you to myself. I'm desiring that you would be near me, that we would be together. Because mankind, by design, when God created us, we were never meant to be separate from God. We were designed to walk with him and talk with him and share life with him and cooperate with him. And that his great mission in the world would be our great mission in the world. And so he calls to you. I don't know about you, but maybe you're the, always the popular person that people are calling and texting. Is that you? 
No, everyone's shaking their head. I, it's never been me. I know, I know you think I'm very popular. But I remember growing up, I was that kid that always just wanted to be included, right? You wanted to be picked for the team. Maybe, maybe I'll get picked for the team. I was always that little kid, you know, growing up. So in gym class, when the teachers split the two biggest kids to be the team captains, and they started picking folks, right? They, they, they picked their friends or somebody with a good baseball glove or someone they knew could hit or maybe their cousin or whatever else. Then somewhere like in the last 25% of the picking, they would pick me. And I learned how to operate in those worlds. I know it's nice to be picked to be stand up in someone's wedding. It is, isn't it? I remember once I got picked. Someone says, will you stand up in my wedding? And then a couple days later said, never mind, we don't need you. I still gave him a gift. I did. I brought a gift to the wedding. But I think we know what it's like not to be called out to. We almost learn and cope with what it means to be kind of overlooked. And there's kind of a self-correcting way in which our society does that because we're intrinsically about ourselves anyways. We always want it to be about us. But the world doesn't accommodate that. And so we often feel like we're left out or we're not desired or we're on our own. But the Bible says that God calls you. There is one who sits on high who calls you, your name. It's you. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians 1, it says, To the church in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people. God wants you to be a part of his people. You're not forgotten. You're not neglected. And it also means you can't, like, slip between the cracks and try to avoid God's all-seeing gaze. He knows you. He knows you're slacking off. He knows all that. You're trying to not get eye contact with the pastor right now because you're just trying to go to church and go home, not really be changed. He sees us all, and he calls us. And it says, the one who calls you is faithful. I remember one time, I was, um, I promised a group of kids to have this competition. And um, I'm a little embarrassed about this. And I said, all right, we're all going to do this competition. And the winning team, I'm going to take to a White Sox game, to a baseball game. I did that because White Sox tickets are cheap and easy to get. Um, this is years ago. And we had the competition. The kids were all excited. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. And these three kids, they won the competition. And they fully expected for me to get tickets and take them to a Sox game. And to my shame, I never followed through and did that. They went home, they told their parents, hey, we're going to go to the Sox game with, and, and, and all this stuff. And I'm like, yep, 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 with every intention. I never brought it up again. I'm embarrassed about that. 
First time I admitted it publicly. If you were one of those kids, I'm sorry. You think I can make it up to you today? All right. We're all going to the Sox after church today. What time they play? I'm sure we can get tickets. Anyways. Um, but God's not like that. God says he'll do it, and he'll do it. He will do it. He's faithful to do it. And we spend our lives, the Christian walk is about spending our lives believing that the one who called us is faithful, and what? He will do it. What is it that you're trusting God for? What is it that you need to know that he'll be faithful in? Psalm 100 says this, For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Psalm 106 says this, Praise the Lord, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his love endures forever. I think for us, as we live our Christian lives, we vacillate in between believing that to be true and sometimes just kind of doing it on our own. Yeah, I think that's true. I'm just going to take care of it myself. Yep, God, I trust you. I know that you're faithful, but I'm not quite sure you have noticed my little situation here. So I'm going to do whatever I got to do to take care of that. And the scripture here reminds us. It says, no, no. The one who called you, the one who knows your name, the one whose steadfast love will never fail or fade no matter what you do, he's the one who's got his eye on you and he's faithful. Do you believe that? Amen. Then let's testify about it. So let's have um, Tiffany. Let's start with Tiffany. Can Tiffany Wells come start us off? Come on. Welcome Tiffany as she comes to give testimony. You're taking over the pulpit now. Good morning. I am. Um, I'm excited. This is a special day because I remember sitting out there and looking forward to standing up here to tell you my testimony. I just didn't know what it was going to be at the time, and um, here we are. I um, several years ago, before um, I was really disconnected from the Lord, and I, I didn't have a. I wasn't going to church consistently, and so I started to come to Living Word Church, and I joined the church here. And um, I wasn't praying consistently, regularly. I wasn't reading the Bible at all. And my life showed it. And um, the only thing I did was come to church every week. And um, I remember when I did pray, I prayed and asked the Lord to help me to do better and, you know, have a more consistent prayer life and to hunger and thirst for the word. And I would go home and I would open my Bible and I would fall asleep. And um, that happened a lot. And just didn't quite know how to get connected to the word. Then I was asked to um, serve in gyms and uh, had to kind of read the word to prepare every week. And so little did I know the Lord was working. And if you know Karen Tyler, she invited us to Bible study and you, you know, she's serious. So I was reading the word every week. And before I knew it, I was, um, my prayer life was strengthened. My faith was growing and my 
time in the Word was shocking. I was enjoying it. I was reading things and finding things that I'd never noticed before. And things were really going good, and I was excited having these fresh experiences with the Lord. And I lost my job unexpectedly. And um, just for some perspective, that was something that could not happen. That was something that could not happen in my home. And um, it was pretty devastating. But God is faithful, and he had already kind of been preparing me. So I leaned on the word, and I made a decision to trust God. And I even went as far as knowing that it was God. This is a God thing. And so I, um, I remember thinking, Lord, if we're doing this, I'm going to need to see you everywhere. And I, I, I remember that phrase because it was so important. I'm going to need to see you everywhere. And, uh, man, he showed up everywhere. And I'm going to share just a few times that he did, some remarkable moments. Um, so the day that I lost my job, I, um, I lost my job. I lost my company car, as in they fired me and sent me home in an Uber. I lost my phone. Well, they took their phone back. They took their laptop back. So here I am in an Uber with this stranger sobbing, couldn't call anybody, couldn't do anything. It was just me and God and this stranger. (laughs) And I um, basically, they took everything you kind of need to find a job. And so I I went home and I called the Smiths, talked to Michelle and kind of told her what happened. I needed to pick my kids up from school. I didn't have a way to do that. And so I remember asking her if she could help me that day. And not only did they extend themselves that day, they said, you can keep our van. I think I had it for like three months. Y'all, who does that? And, oh, I even had a car accident in their van, and they let me keep their van. Uh, A friend of mine dropped off his laptop and said, keep it as long as you need it. I found this old broken iPhone in a drawer, and it was all cracked up, like bleeding fingers cracked up. I took it to the store, and they... um, They fixed the screen, and I was able to get it turned on for little or nothing. Even as I was wrapping up the transaction, the woman said, do you need a charger? But because I didn't have a job, I I said, you know what, I need a charger. I need a good one, though, because, you know, sometimes you'll buy the ones that don't last. And I was like, I need a good one, like that kind. And she just took it off her computer and said, here you go. I was seeing God everywhere within the first couple of days. So that is just one remarkable moment or a few remarkable moments that um, God showed his faithfulness. Uh, the, the one more, really quickly, was um, on a Thursday night. It was uh, Thursday evening, and I was expecting to get a deposit for some contract work I was doing the next day. And um, the next day also happened to be the day of the gym sleepover and the day that I had committed to buying pizza for 25 people. So um, at that point, our account was on E, like an empty. So Friday, we were expecting this deposit. And so I went to bed that night. As I was going to bed, I looked, checked my email, and it said, um, there has been an error. You will get your deposit next Friday. I remember crying in the bed, and I remember praying, and then I remember believing God for a miracle. I woke up the next morning, ran to my phone to check my account, and guess what? It was past E. It was negative. 
And so it was very early. My family was still sleeping. I went in the basement, and I cried out to the Lord, and I was just like, God, I'm trying to serve you. What is happening? Why, why, where are you? I'm trying to trust you. And I wasn't happy with the Lord that morning. And I remember walking away and making a decision, yet will I serve you and trust you? And I went upstairs to tell my husband what kind of was going on, and I was kind of nudging him. My phone dinged, and it said, and another email came through and said, hey, we were able to process an emergency ACH. You will have funds in your account by 2 o'clock. I started shouting, walked the whole house up, kind of told them the series of events, and my husband said, well, you know, hold on, it's not there yet. And I said, oh, but it will be. I remember Adam did a, shared a message with us late last year, and he talked about, and I may not get the words right, but the sentiment was, we can either have an attitude of abundance where we're trusting the Lord, or we can have an attitude of, I think maybe you said lack or scarcity, and that is kind of when you had that plan B in your pocket just in case the Lord can't come through for you. And I remember making a decision when I said, oh, but it will be, I made a decision not to have a plan B because I could have put a plan B in place easily for pizza, right? And um, I didn't. I went about my day. I didn't even check my account at 2 o'clock. As I walked into Little Caesars Pizza in the parking lot, I opened my account and the money was there. God is faithful. Last piece. I got a job, but not only did I get a job, I got a job with an old manager who I loved, with a company who gave me my tenure. So I came in with four weeks of vacation. Amen. I worked in a territory that my mom lives in so she could help me with the kids. I didn't have to pay for childcare. I, um, I even um, you know, got the job right when my Cobra ran out. So just God's timing was perfect. So I just wrap this up by saying or referencing Isaiah 25, which talks about God's perfect faithfulness and how he will do marvelous things. Amen. And um, I hope, you know, I, I share this testimony to honor the Lord, and I thank you, God. And I hope it encourages you. And when you find trouble on your doorstep, know that it is just front row seats to God's faithfulness. Amen. Thank you. Okay, there were many, many points of God's faithfulness there. <laughs> there was a lot. It was really good. I think one of the biggest is that you were about to wake up your husband out of a dead sleep to tell him you were going to spend money you didn't have. <laughs> I admire your faith. Well done. Thank you very much. Everyone, welcome Shauna Small as she comes up to give a testimony. You brought the baby. Do you want me to hold her while you do that? No. Oh, yeah. Good morning. Good morning, church. So, um, just wanted to share how God's been faithful to me. I mean, I can count. If I should stand here and tell you how many times God has showed up for me, I, we would be here all day. And sorry, I can't afford that. But, um, you know, my company is merging. So, we're like a small company and we're merging with 
a huge global company. And so they promised us all that, you know, your jobs are safe, don't worry, nobody's going anywhere. So people kind of got complacent. It was like, yeah, we're safe. You know, nobody's going anywhere. But one by one, as I sat at my desk, I saw people walking into the office, getting a slip, you know, saying, hey, thanks for your service. Um, enjoy your severance. And so, you know, I, I just sat there and I prayed and, and I'm, and I said to myself, you know, said to God, you know, you've always been faithful to me. You've always provided. You've always showed up every time I need you. So I wasn't even worried that I was on a chopping block. So they told me, don't worry, you're safe. But, you know, funny enough, for years I've been wanting to start my own practice. But I've always just been scared to step out of faith. I'm like, can I do this? Am I going to fail? You know, am I going to get, am I, how am I, I going to make it month to month? You know, I, I was just scared to do that. And I, even though I prayed, I still didn't trust God that he was going to line things up and put things in place. But after, you know, this whole merger and people are getting laid off, God started to put a lot of people and resources directly in front of me and say, this is your time. Step out of faith. Do what you want to do. Trust me. And so all those people and resources are backing me. And they're like, we're here for you. We're going to help you. We're going to get you set up. We're going to get you started. And I just look at that and, and I just know it's God because for years I wanted to do that. But I just didn't trust. I was just scared because, you know, I just didn't know what was going to happen being out there on my own. So um, just wanted to share that with everyone and see maybe, you know, if there's something you're, you want to do but you're scared, you know, trust God. He's faithful. He, faith, being faithful is not something he does. It's who he is, you know. So we just have to trust and believe. <laughs> Can I keep her? I so want to keep her. Oh, go by mama. Okay. Oh, okay. You can go back, Mama. Can, can we borrow her sometimes? Because sometimes, but I love her. I know. She's precious. Let's um, take a minute. I'm just so grateful for your testimony, stepping out in faith, believing God's in it. We understand the risk, right, employment and all that kind of stuff, and the fear that goes along with that and challenges. So let's take a minute and let's just ask God's blessing on our new endeavors, all right? Father, we thank you for Shauna. We thank you for this precious little baby and her family. God, we thank you for the the day you brought her to this place to be a part of Living Word Church. God, I pray that you would prosper and bless her in all that she does, that she'd see your faithfulness, and specifically, God, as she steps out in this new endeavor, as her faith rises within her, to say, God is in this. Lord, I pray that you'd go before her in all these things. I pray that you'd give her success, and even in the challenges, even in the failures, God, that she would see you faithful, and that you'd restore her to good standing. God, we bless her in the name of Jesus, and give thanks. Amen. Thank you. I think we have a baby dedication coming soon, don't we? It's very exciting. All right, we got one more today. Uh, Corey Farr. Welcome, Corey, as he comes to share about God's goodness. Hello. Good morning. Um, so I also could 
go on and on and on, and you all have heard me here share before about how God provided a car and money through people in this church community when I really needed it. Um, but I want to share about one provision of God's faithfulness when I just had no clue. I was completely in the dark about this. But you all know I went to, why do I keep saying y'all? I don't normally say that. <laughs> <laughs> I've been hanging out with Ashley Thompson maybe too much or something, but um, yeah, so, uh, so I went to Lebanon <clears throat> back in June for a week uh, as part of a scouting trip to find an organization to partner with to help aid in the refugee crisis, um, which is something I've had a deep heart for the refugee crisis and the Middle East for like three or four years now, and this was the first time God gave me an opportunity to witness it, and so we Land in Lebanon after 24 hours of travel. Our bags have been not gotten there. All these things are going wrong. We wait in the line for customs for like an hour. We get up to the desk finally. I hand them my passport. And they say, oh, step over into that side room, please. And I think, okay, random screening. You know, people from America, they typically will just ask questions. This has happened to me before. They sit me down in a little office. And all the customs people are soldiers and, and military officers. And I'm just kind of chilling out, whatever, not really worried about anything. And they come in and they look, show me my passport and uh, what's this visa from, or this stamp from Israel on your passport? And I say, oh, you know, I was there a few years ago just studying tourism, that kind of thing. Okay, one moment. And he goes and like gets this officer and comes back with him and I'm like, what's going on here? And they uh, make a copy of my passport on a scanner and they start writing things down and I'm like, okay. Cool. Still just chilling out. And then uh, he looks at me, and I'm like, what's going on? He goes, oh, you are very welcome in Lebanon. Just, uh, we can't give you this visa stamp on your passport. And then he writes down on this little pink card here. And he says, it's, it's no problem. Just, um, you know, there's an Israeli stamp on your passport. And just for, like, legal things, we can't also have a Lebanese stamp. He fills out this card. He says, you're very welcome. Take this. Just bring this when you leave the country, and you'll be fine. Don't lose it or you'll be in big trouble. And I'm like, okay, not losing the card, first of all, and was checking my pockets like the whole week I was there to make sure I had it. Um, but okay, cool, whatever, get there. Um, we start talking with people from the orphanage and the organization we were with, and every single person I told, which was at least like seven, eight, nine, ten people, jaws literally were dropping. And they were like, they let you in? Yeah, they let me in. Well, I was just just did some tourism in Israel. No, they don't let anyone in from who's been to Israel. What? Yeah, we are at war with Israel, and we have been for like 20 years. It's not like an active fighting war, but they are officially at war. There's a UN peacekeeping force on the border. Occasionally, Israel sends rockets into Lebanon. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I should have known this. <laughs> My trip leader should have known this and should have warned me. They say, yeah, we flew out the, the global director of our organization two years ago, and they turned him around and made him buy a flight back home. Wouldn't even let him uh, get out of the customs office. Wow. And I'm like, wow. I wasn't even that, ex like, I wasn't even that like, hyped to come to Lebanon, but clearly God had a purpose for me being there. And uh, sure enough, on the first day... Um, fell in love with the orphanage and the kids and the organization. We decided this was the one we're going to partner with because we had heard about it through the grapevine from some other person in Lebanon. We're like, we're going to partner with you guys, and then we get to talking and find out that they're part of this global organization and their headquarters is in Valpo, 40 minutes from here. 
And we were like, what? Like, how did we not, how do we have to go to the other side of the world to hear about you guys? Um, and it's just going to be a great partnership. And I am going back actually in January for three weeks to do more scouting and exploring opportunities of what it looks like for me to be involved there long term. And I have to renew my passport in December, which means the visa will be gone. Just in time for me to go the first week of January. Um, it's so cool. So, spoiler alert, you can expect uh, to hear more about this and maybe uh, me sharing my financial need for the trip. But <laughs> I love you guys, and thank you. All right, don't go. Amen. Oh, what a great testimony. Um, some of you know, Corey's one of those great guys. Some people come to church, and they're like testing the water, just putting their toe in a little bit for like six or seven years. <laughs> Corey on day one, he was like one of those, those yeah, I, I had this picture of like these cliff guys. They've got these two axes in their hand. They just like jump off the cliff, throwing the axes, hoping they can catch something. Welcome to Corey Farr's life. Isn't that great? But he's been that here to us, which has been a blessing, and he just, he lives, he's been living that way, and um, I, the, the, really the story of even you getting to Lebanon and the way God is directing your paths and where your future lies, it's exciting, because we believe that um, God is making a way for you, and we're super glad that he planted you here, and we're in faith for what God has for your future. So pray with me as we just ask God to bless Corey. Father, we thank you for this young man, so given to you, given to your word, given to your people. Now I pray, God, that you would bless him. I pray that, God, you would go before him, that, God, you would meet every need, God, that you would just tip him over, spill his life for the kingdom, God, that he would give himself sacrificially to the things that are on your heart. I pray that, God, in the process, Lord, he would see your faithful hand and your loving embrace and, God, your powerful arm to protect him and go before him and all these things. Bless him, O oh God. Even this stuff with Lebanon and the Middle East and all those things which are still in real small formative stages, God, we trust that you will bring that to full bloom. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, William. Amen. All right, well, as we prepare to sing our last song of God's faithfulness, let me just leave this lasting thought. As you've heard... Tiffany just talked about God's faithfulness in just her work situation. We heard Shauna talk about how God's, so many different ways God's been faithful to your life. And stepping out confident of God's provision. As we hear Corey, young man, trajectory of his life given to the kingdom of God. It's pretty great. This last thought, and it's right here in our text. But God upholds those he calls. This is the thing. And maybe, maybe you're just a regular homebody working nine to five and doing your thing. Listen, God's calling you. He has called you. You've not slipped between the cracks. You're not unimportant to him. And he is faithful to uphold those he's called. And so I just want to give you this last thought. Whatever it is that God has purposed for your life, called you towards, go boldly towards it. Run fast towards it. Have courage towards what God has called you to. Don't sit in the back wondering. Don't just be like, well, I'm a little bit afraid. I'm just not sure, so I'm just going to do nothing. Listen to me. 
God is faithful and he has called each of us. So go for it. Don't stand idle. And maybe going for it doesn't mean doing anything different except having just a greater courage to express who God's made you and the things you're called to. But God always upholds those he calls. He always fulfills the promises that he makes. Amen? Amen. Stand with me. I'm going to pray, and we're going to have one more song, and then we're going to leave knowing that God is with us. Father God, I thank you. Thank you for these testimonies. I know there are many more. I pray that in the following weeks, Lord, those testimonies would surface. Bring them to my attention, Lord. Bring them to people's attention. Lord, bring them to the attention of those who have the testimony. Sometimes we think we don't have something, but God, bring to our attention the great and mighty work of the Lord. And Lord, let us celebrate it in this place, in this room when we're together. Father, I pray that you would just cause us to live boldly with courage. Thank you that you've called us and that you're faithful to that call. And so we commit our hearts to you. Help us to overcome all fear and let us pursue you wholeheartedly. In your name we pray. Amen.